Tyler Titgat won the Regina Classic starting his final match on seven strikes, getting out to a commanding lead and mostly not letting up. Uh, in reflecting the day after the tournament on Facebook, Tyler wrote that he didn't expect this win to come so soon, that he felt awkward on the lanes, and that he needed to bring conscious effort to every ball to complete his title win. I can, well, I can't relate with the winning a WCBT Tour event, but I can certainly relate to the that feeling of needing to bring conscious effort to every ball in order to get where you want to go. Uh, so Tyler's... Uh, kind enough to sit down with me and answer a few questions about this and talk a little bit about the inner game of bowling and what it was like for him from the inside to be part of that performance of the Regina Classic. So Tyler, um, you, you wrote that you have found it recently more difficult to focus on bowling. I guess that probably has to do with uh, not having nearly as much time to devote to the game as you have in the past. What are some bowling-related activities that you typically do that you've had to cut back on or forego as a result of having these extra demands on your time? Uh, well, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I was very fortunate in that I succeeded well in school and I didn't require a lot of effort. Um, so I was able to go to the lanes three to four times a week extra and, and practice for a couple hours. And um, university academically wise is is going as well um, but it takes a lot more effort to be to maintain that level so uh, I unfortunately I don't practice at all really anymore um, but I I will two leagues a week uh, on the same night so I kind of compressed it all into one time um, and the 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 mental preparation aspect actually I've cut down on which sounds a little bit counterintuitive but uh, I'm, a, I'm a chronic overthinker and so kind of having being forced to focus on school or family or whatever it might be right to that moment before I start bowling is is almost helpful because then I can just bowl and you know, once I start on the lanes, then I can focus on bowling instead of having that, you know, three, four day period beforehand to think, okay, what kind of ball do I want to throw there? What, um, how have I bowled there before? If I bowled there before, um, who am I competing against? You know, I just kind of get to be in the moment a little bit more instead of thinking eight steps ahead of myself. So I know that this is always a, a, a typically an ongoing battle for people trying to find the right amount of mental practice, mental preparation. Most people that I talk to tend to do too little. I like to think I've probably done too little. Um, but there, as you say, there is such a thing as doing too much. And so have you found then, I guess it sounds like you found that the uh, not having as much time to anticipate what's going to happen at the next tournament uh, has actually maybe helped you a bit in feeling more like once you get there, you can be there and do everything. And once you walk away from the lanes, you can put that away because now you have to focus on school again. Very much so. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone talks about envisioning yourself winning and, and manifesting these ideas. But uh, for me that, that, never really worked when I started bowling in the adults. It, it did a, a bit in the youth at my nationals. Um, but in that adult career, I would just get four or five rounds ahead of myself. You know, I was 
I remember thinking in the TPC, like in my 16s, I'm like, okay, you know, only a few more matches and I'm going to win. And I'm bowling the Regina this weekend. God, the 16s was like forever before I won. It, it was, there's so, so much time and so much happened between the 16s and, and the last match that I really just needed being able to stay in the moment without that mental preparation helped me uh, just, I'm going to say focus better for lack of a better term. It just, it helped me put that conscious effort into every ball instead of the next ball that I was going to throw or the next game that I was going to bowl. I, I think I think that that probably I interpret that as sort of reinforcing the idea that uh, trying to follow just trying to follow a specific program of say mental preparation uh, can help establish some good habits. But long term, what you really need to do is to be aware of how you react in the moment to things, so that you can make those adjustments to your own mental preparation, just the same way that you would make adjustments to the lane conditions or to how you're feeling in the moment, but recognizing in yourself, hey, I overthink this stuff. So maybe having less time to think about it's not going to be a bad thing. I think that that mm -hmm. uh, observation uh, doesn't surprise me that that helped you. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I would agree. In, in my youth career, being able, being fortunate enough to go to so many nationals, there was a lot of development in the, in the mental preparation of games of thinking, okay, what do I need to do to get ready for this tournament? Um, going and being in different practice environments with someone who I could compete against in a practice, pace myself with practicing on my own um, was great. It, it really did help me develop um, at a young age very early. Um, but now it's, it's like you said, you need to be able to make those mental adjustments and how to prepare for your game and how to look at your game, just the same that you would a physical adjustment. Um, so for me, you know, something as simple as not packing until the night before, you know, granted, I'm maybe liable to forget a belt or a, a toothbrush <laughs> or something, but, uh, you know, it just, it keeps me in the moment instead of thinking, oh, okay, my bag's packed, I'm ready to go, we leave Friday morning. Uh, it just, you know, keeps me in the moment, keeps me ready to go. Oh, fantastic. So um, you wrote also in that, uh, that post on Facebook that you felt awkward at the lanes. Now, you're a, you're a bit of a lanky dude. Um, you, and, you know, uh, knowing from other sports, like say baseball, it's, you know, it's sort of common, uh, common wisdom that pitchers who are tall and lanky sometimes get into problems because the, they have, it's easy to fall into mechanical problems. There's so many moving parts and it's very easy for a small, um, a small inconsistency to have pretty far ranging or, um, significant impact. Um, so have you, is that something that you've noticed in yourself? Uh, yeah, I would say it is, uh, especially going through growth spurts. Um, not so much now, but in earlier teen years and, and around like 16, 17 is you, you got to readjust to this, this new proportions. Um, and while you want to keep that basic technique the same, there are definitely fundamental changes that you have to make, whether it be how far up or back on the lane you make. Um, Maybe it's uh, how deep you lunge, you know, your, your hips get a little tighter, your knees get a little more sore. Um, so I definitely think that the changing body is a big attribute of feeling awkward. Um, and it, it has been my issue before, but it wasn't for this weekend. It, would, it was a different kind of awkward, I'm going to say. Mm. 
Yeah. Could you say more about that? Yeah. Um, so it, it was more of a, like I, I commented in there that the muscle memory wasn't working. It wasn't effective. Right. Um, we had played the Bakers on Friday night and I, I did not play well at all. I was punching a lot and, and missing the middle and just not executing the shot the way I should have been, which was, was frustrating because when you're at those tournaments, you don't want to have to think. You want to be able to just show up at the lanes, let your body do what it does and score well. Um, so it, it Friday really got in my head and I was I was worried the whole weekend. I was like, you know what? That it, my shot's not working, it's not there. I tried different lines, those weren't working. I have no idea what's going on. Um, Saturday morning came, started out all right, you know, played uh, pretty consistently around that between 2.30 and, and 3.20 mark, which doesn't sound very consistent, but I mean, when you have eight games, for me, that's consistent enough, you know? Um, and then I was at 17 plus for six games and I, I biffed my last two. I went to 32, 20 or something like that. And it just, again, that feeling of God, the, the mental or the muscle memory wasn't working. I tried to, I tried to zone out and just throw the ball and it was too fast. And I was crossing my body. And, and so I played a second shift and I really focused on, on each step and my timing being together, making sure that my arm was reaching, you know, out towards the pins, going through the shot. Uh, and it, it worked remarkably well, even though it, it felt, it still felt awkward because you were thinking about everything, right? So you're, you're consciously and, and constantly aware of where your body parts are, which is, it's a very strange feeling because in our day-to-day -day lives, we just kind of assume where they are. We know this proprioception. Right. In, or this kinesthesis both let us know where we are in space. And so being aware of that for an eight hour stretch is, is very, um, very odd. Yeah, I can, I, so I think I understand better what you meant uh, by that feeling of awkwardness. It's one of those little things that I use in my, uh, one of the little jokes that I use in my training um, is, uh, you know, trying to talk about why it's important for some of the things that we learn how to do to become autonomic. Um, that mm. part of the goal is to reach the point where it's not muscle memory really, although I mm -hmm. guess for computer programmers, there is a little bit of muscle memory in terms of, you know, which keys to press. But mm -hmm. the idea of there's a layer of stuff that you are focusing on getting the details right and gradually through repetition, you want that to become effortless so that you can stop thinking about that, do it autonomically and go to the next level. Uh, mm -hmm. Because think about, you know, if you had to think about everything that you had to do in order to cause air to enter and leave your lungs, you'd be dead in about 30 seconds. Exactly. Um, and so I, I definitely can understand more of that sort of at any moment, did you feel the creeping thought of, or the distracting thought of why do I have to focus so hard on this right now? Why isn't this effortless? Or were you just really focused on, I guess I have to really pay attention to this today. Um, no, there was definitely moments of frustration because I was having to invest every ball and I couldn't just enjoy myself and I couldn't enjoy being around all these friends that I've made through bowling and, and all these people that I've made such good connections with. I, I really had to 24 seven, just be in that ball. So I was, why, why is this weekend like this? Like, right. you know, in the moment you're frustrated because you're like, I just want to let loose and just go. But then 
in retrospect or in hindsight looking back I'm like it worked I played very well for myself you know I averaged two high 280s low 290s in my qualifying shift all of my my matches minus a few of them were 770 plus and that was you know with someone conceding before the 10th frame so yeah. I was I was playing well um but even in those matches consistently about halfway through the second game or even the start of the second game I would get, go back to that muscle memory a little bit and I would you know punch or uh, leave a corner, leave a chop, and as much as the, you know, they're nice because they're sparable and they're better than a head pin. They're still frustrating when you've just thrown seven in a row and you're like, "Well, geez, where'd that chop go?" Right. So that's frustrating because you're like, oh, "Okay, I have to go back to focusing, and then I have to, I, st I still have to be in this match." So it's it's definitely a frustrating and tiring mindset to be in. And I I don't know if you feel the same way, but I know that when I when I succeed at something, even though it didn't feel comfortable, I almost worry like uh, part of me worries, is this the way it's going to be now? And another part mm -hmm. of me thinks, oh, great. Now I've just trained my brain to believe that it can get away with needing to do this the hard way. And, you know, mm -hmm. is, is it just going to feel hard again next time? Is it going to feel hard again next time? Is it ever going to feel easy again? Yeah, um, I think yes and no. Mm -hmm. earlier on in, in my career but I we when you start playing so frequently and so much you do kind of have to take a step back and you go okay it's just one day you know right. no two days of bowling are the same next week I could go and it could be the easiest shot ever and you just you throw eight in a row and you're not even thinking you're like oh I have a turkey and you look up and you're like at 350 already you're like oh geez okay mm -hmm. sure um so I, I can see where you're coming from with that that thinking now it's always going to be hard but I think you just kind of have to step outside yourself and you look at the sport as a whole and you're like huh no it's just it was just that day and you you battled through it you powered through it and you kind of you move on yeah so um I'm curious so, so uh, we've well let's just go there so what kinds of either uh, tricks or what kinds of things do you do? How do you approach handling all the, you know, that bundle of pressure, anxiety, excitement, all the typical kind of emotions that uh, tend to come up when you're in uh, an elite competition like this one? Um, recently, I think I've just, I've been addressing them more. Um, you, you just face them for me, at least I just, I face them head on. I say, you know what? I'm stressed. I, I am worried that this is going to be a disaster. Um, and I talk to someone about it, whether it's, it's, you know, this weekend, I'm sure a few people were annoyed with me, but I was on my phone a lot, uh, texting friends and important people to me back home being like, gosh, I'm, I'm stressed. I, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make the cut. I, I don't think this next shot is going to go well. So I just, I address those feelings and then I go back to those shots that felt good. And I said, okay, what was the one thing I focused on? And so for me, a lot of the weekend was timing, um, making sure I had good timing, things were moving in unison. And then obviously, you know, some things changed, 
would play that many games. So then it moved to making sure that my first step was going straight out in front of me. Um, and then by the end of the tournament, it was making sure that that, that arm was finishing through the ball in the, the, the whole range of motion of the body instead of just snapping it at the end and trying to really muscle through those, those bad shots um, and, try and try and break something up. Because for me, that doesn't work. I, I end up punching, I get tight, I miss the middle, whatever it might be. So step one was addressing the feelings. Step two was being self-aware of both my good shots and my bad shots of, okay, what, what was the difference? What did I feel? So I, it was, it's kind of a two-step process for me of, of addressing and, and correcting, which I think it is for everyone. Um, mine is just addressing is a lot more basic. Right, a lot of people will struggle with the, the conflict or the, the conflicting advice to either try to push the so you know push the so-called negative feelings away or mm -hmm. let them in um feel them and then give them a chance to sort of dissipate on their own whether mm -hmm. you actually address them directly or not but more just sort of let it happen and let it fizzle out because when you i found at least that when you when i try to push them away um that gives them more strength and so i hold on to them longer compared to when i just sort of you know take 10 seconds here and there to feel that nervous tension in my body somewhere and then take a few breaths and, and let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something that you really just have to work on yourself and, and that self-awareness is, is so key um, to knowing what works for you and what doesn't. So it's, it's just a tricky thing that really I can't give any tips on because it, it's just taken me time. Like, I can't say that there was one moment where I was like, ah, yes. I need to do this. It just, it evolves over time. Yeah. Well, I think you can, I think that, um, on the contrary, I think that you, you, you should feel, um, absolutely, um, qualified. It's not quite the right word, but I'll use it anyway. Qualified to share what you've learned with other people because mm -hmm. the, there are patterns in there. There's still going to be things that, uh, I'm going to hear you say that I'm going to think, ah, that's something that I've been thinking about. I want to try that. Or I hadn't, I hadn't framed it that way for myself. So even though you're not telling me anything new, you might be saying it to me in a way that clicks a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. There's all kinds of those. So, and still it can be very, very individual. I mean, each person takes a, you know, synthesizes all the advice they get from all the people willing to share with them and then still has to struggle to figure out which combination of those ideas or what sequence of changes is going to, uh, is going to help them. Yeah. Very uh, much. So I want to turn the attention a little bit to the, uh, to the final match um, against Taylor Michelle. So uh, you started well on seven in a row. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, from my point of view, it looked pretty effortless. Uh, so whatever awkwardness you might have been feeling at that moment, I, either that was a patch where suddenly it wasn't uh, awkward or you hid the awkwardness well. Mm -hmm. um, so then you threw the eighth ball. I'm trying to remember you chopped on that, right? Left corner. Left corner, right. Okay, so um, what happened? What, what was going on in your mind at that moment when you threw that ball? Like, was that, was that, oh, no, I'm happy I got a corner? Or was that, what a great ball? You're kidding me, it, corner? Yeah, it was, what a great ball. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, 
quite remember my reaction on the lane. I'm sure I squatted and kind of stared at it for a moment because I think five and six, um, I had gotten a good roll, you know, lots of fingers, lots of crack, um, got the break. And that shot I put in the right pocket, the ball I'd been throwing all day. I loved it. Thought I had one more and it just wrapped around that corner and didn't take it down. So I was, I was really shocked. I, I had to take a moment and uh, <laughs> say, okay, all right, it happens, it's karma. Yeah. We're balanced out now, just go get it. But yeah, it was both frustrating and, and, and a relief because frustrating is, is, you know, I'd seen, I bowled with Aaron Albliss in my shift. So when he threw his 433, I bowled with him. Uh, I was very close to Randy when he shot his 440. Uh, Len had a 440, so I thought, you get that sneaky suspicion of, oh, maybe it's my turn. Yeah. Um, so there was that side of me that's like, oh, geez, only eight, you know, can't quite get there now. But also it was like, you got a left, you spare it, you still got a really good game going. Yeah, exactly. For if it's not, anytime that happens, right? My first, my, uh, it, my first conscious thought is always 418 four, still a good game. Yeah. And especially, you know, being able to throw a 418 at somebody who Taylor at that point was – he was well in his string of, of punches. He had the five punches in a row there uh, from yeah. three through seven. So, uh, you know, I, I would certainly feel comfortable, you know, make, throwing a good ball, getting a, a mixed result, and then looking up and remembering, oh, but I'm still up by 150. I'll be fine. Yeah, very much so. Um, that was kind of my game plan all day. Uh, not that I can control the other person, but get out to a good start, give myself as many points as I could, and then just make them run out of frame. So I was like, you know what? I did that. I got a good lead. Now I just need to go ball for ball. Just right. make, them, make them run out of work, run out of room. When, uh, when you get off to a start like that, um, mm -hmm. because you know, I'm sure it happens to you a little bit more often than maybe it happens to the average bowler. Um, at what point do you start thinking, ooh, I, I, I have a shot at running the sheet here? Um, it's funny, actually. Uh, it's very cliche, but I, I have had a few very good starts. My YBC qualifying this year for singles uh, in my final step ladder match, I started with six or seven in a row as well. Uh, finished with the 370 that game. And, it, and in, in those games and in, in the one at Regina, you kind of around seven or eight, you're like, okay, got through that halfway mark, getting closer. But uh, when I bowled my perfect game and uh, just before Christmas, I, I didn't even realize until 10. You know, very cliche in that way is that I, I didn't even realize until 10 that I was like, oh, shit. I apologize for the swear, but that was exactly the thought that came to my head was, yeah. oh, shit, I have three balls to go. And and that, that's it. So it, it really varies between the situation, the, the day. For me, most often it's around seven and eight where I start being like, okay, you're getting closer. But uh, yeah, when it when it did happen, it wasn't wasn't until ten that I looked up and there it was. It was an opportunity. Maybe there's a clue in that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually tried as an experiment. So I I, um, I was just practicing and I started a game uh, twelve spare and then started making strikes. And uh, I think when I got down to the eighth and I realized that I had struck since the third. And so I did the arithmetic, I'm like, oh, 402 is good. 
And then I just said, oh, I'm going to try this now. So I just started repeating myself. This is awesome. I'm going to throw 400 today. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I just need five more strikes and I'm going to throw 400 today. So that's all I was thinking to myself. And then I would get up, throw another ball and mm -hmm. come back and say, wow, awesome. Now I just four more. All I have to do is get four more. I'm going to shoot 400 today. This feels great. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have the wherewithal or the, the awareness to be able to do that in a high pressure situation, but it certainly felt good to be fully aware that I had a high score going and to keep and to not think of that as, oh, this is going to cause stress. This is going to jinx me, whatever silly thing we tend to think mm -hmm. in those situations, but more just like, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot 400 today. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love this. Throw another yeah. strike. Wow, that was great. I'm one step closer. I'm going to throw 400 today. Throw another strike. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that, uh, so it's, uh, I don't know, I have the feeling like that's almost the, the height of achievement in our game is to be fully aware of how well we're doing and not let it affect us negatively. Very much so. I, I've heard a few people say very similar things of, you know, they just felt it. It felt good. They were... He just kept telling himself, just do what you did. That was good. You're, you're going to do it. You're feeling great. It's, it's looking good. Um, I've had those moments myself where I try to tell myself, okay, feeling good, looking good, throwing good. Um, can't say I've ever, I don't recall throwing a 400 with that mindset. Um, but I've had very high 370s, 380s with that mindset of doing well, just keep throwing the ball. Um, most of my very high games have come from the stress and, and the acknowledgement of it and mm. and then addressing going back to that okay I had this this thought of oh boy and then going back to okay what did I do before that was working and then that's when I can tell myself okay just do that that right. was a good ball that's what was working that's what you need to do on this next shot so it's I've had a similar experience with the being aware that you're having a good game and, and telling yourself what you need to do to keep it going. But for me, there is always that, that little, little voice that's like, oh boy, you know, palms get sweaty, heart rate goes a little faster. But no, I definitely understand where you come from. And I do think that is the epitome of, of prime athletic ability is feeling good doing good and knowing you're good yeah so on that note uh it's one of the classic cliches in all of sports the hardest thing to do is to win a one game so here you are now you're 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 moving into the uh second game you've got a healthy lead um did you have and and you know taylor did catch did start gaining some ground on you in the second and then um, you started to pull away again in the third game. Did you struggle at all with sort of thoughts related to how to close out the match? You mentioned earlier about, okay, now I can just go ball for ball. Was there any point at which that doubt started to creep in again? Mm, yes and no. Uh, early on in the second game, it was like, you know, he started with, I think he went spare turkey or he'd, he'd started well with some yeah. marks. And I, through a spare and a, a punch and another spare and a strike and a punch again. So I kind of very early in the game was like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I looked and I'm like, oh, you're in the fifth frame. Like, yeah, you're fine. And you, you still got a hundred point lead. Like 
that's a lot of pins he has to make up. So just reset, go back to that ball for ball. And I was fortunate enough, I think he got a split or something. And, and it, that helped me just, okay, his run is done. Now back, back to ball for ball. Maybe if you can get a few points on him, at least catch up, you know, minimize that, that difference. Um, I would say more so in the match against Greg in the A-side finals was the, the doubt of I'd started with six, I think five or six spare and then another strike and, and he had started well. So I didn't have nearly as much of a lead. I think I only had 30 or, or 39 after the first game. Um, and that more so was the doubt of, okay, I have almost a turkey's worth of a lead. And in the second game, I, I lost that shot for a little bit and he, he found some balls. And then I was, I got lucky in 10 with a, a few rolls and he punched. So I think I got an extra three pins on him or something. Uh, and that last game, he caught back up to me. And that's when I had those, okay, I just blew my 40, 40 point lead. Maybe this is the end. Maybe, maybe my day's caught up with me. But again, you just you take that breath you address those feelings, for me at least, I address those feelings. And then I go back, back to work. He had punched in eight, I believe, or nine. Uh, so I said, there's your door, go get it. You know, that's where that competitive edge in me really came out is, is those, those four point matches where it's do or die. And, and so that was when I could take that doubt and turn it and manipulate it into the, the drive. Yeah, I think that there's kind of a fine line there. So like thinking back to, because especially how Taylor finished that first game, right? I mean, double, five punches, five strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can imagine in that situation, looking up at the scoreboard and, and first thinking, oh, great, you know, I'm, I'm up by over 100. Uh, and then thinking, wow, I'm only up by 100 after all that. And wow, he just finished on five in a row and I can't let up. Mm-hmm. And so that fine line for me is the line between I can't let up and I'm not going to let up. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to really remind myself to think of it more like, okay, I'm just not going to let up. There's no need to let up. It's not over mm-hmm. yet, but I'm in the driver's seat. Uh, as you say, I just, you know, I just need to go ball for ball and not panic and everything will be fine. Very much. So that was, that was the mentality of my whole day was get out in front and then just, just keep working. You know, you don't have to win by 150 every game, but you can't throw the 370 and then completely sit back and throw a buck 80 the next game. Right. So it's, it's that do the work, get the reward, and then keep working to show that you earned it. And at least for me, that's in my head how it works. Of, okay, I get out that lead. Now I need to prove to myself mostly um, that I earned that lead, and I'm I'm going to keep it. And even against Len, it was the same situation as Greg. I we both started very well, and I didn't have much of a lead, but I did. And I said, okay, you need to you need to prove that you earned that sixty point lead over him. You know, you threw, I think, I think he had started 270 and I was maybe 330, three, low 320s, something like that. And so I said, okay, you, you threw more strikes than him. You need to prove 
that was you being better. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of my internal conversation in that mentality of, of you get the lead, prove that you earned that lead. Um, so same thing with Taylor. I had that 150 point lead, kind of lost my footing for a little bit. And then uh, I, I just, you're like, no, I had 150 points because I earned it because I threw seven, eight great shots in a row and they worked. Even the ninth one wasn't bad. No, no. <laughs> but uh, that, that was the mentality of, okay, you did the work, prove that the work was you. I think I see that a lot with, with um, you know, I see that a lot with bowlers and I recognized it in myself and have tried very hard to really approach those situations with an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset that, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it as, uh, you know, I'm going to prove that I earned that, but more like, you know, I, um, that wasn't, that wasn't all luck. What I just did. I did some of that. There's more of that. There's more where that came from. Uh, I can keep doing that just as well. You know, the, the fact that I just threw a 370 is not going to, you know, doesn't have to change what happens next. There's more, there are more good shots in there and now I'm just going to go out and throw them as mm -hmm. opposed to, uh, wow, I can't believe I just did that under these conditions. I'm up 150. I really hope I don't squander it. Yeah. Um, that, that's probably one of the typical, uh, one of the typical traps that the, you know, that the bowler will fall into is worrying is almost uh, not allowing themselves to believe that they are responsible in large degree for being up 150 after one game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, very much so. And then that that's something that just comes with time and, and learning to trust yourself and, and getting that confidence. Cause I have been in on the opposite side of that of a couple years ago at uh, TPC, I was bowling my brother shot a, 406 or 416 or something like that and and followed up with a buck 60 and lost by match you know you lose with a 400 you're like mm -hmm. well geez that shouldn't have happened so that's, that's just something that unfortunately you have to be on the losing side of sometimes and you gotta take that with a, a grain of salt and say you know what sucks but now i know yep so then uh, let's flip that around. So uh, be honest now, when, at what point did you decide for yourself, I, I have this locked up? I'm, I'm going to not, maybe I'm not, I have this locked up, but more like I, I, you know, I'm almost sure I'm going to win this. Um, honestly, this is going to sound really, really arrogant and I don't mean it to, but after that first game, yeah. You know, I said 370 and I said, that's it. I've won. I threw the ball well. I scored a lot of points. But I'm going to win. And I never really lost that feeling. Like Taylor did start throwing well and, and made up a little bit of ground, but I'm like, I got 100 pins on him. Like this shot has been working all day. I'm not going to lose it. I am going to fight and I am going to win. Um, and then the, the uh, kind of, official this is over was for me honestly the last game I think I started punch and then I threw four, four, four or five in a row uh was after the second one I was like I threw the double I've got counts going now I can just I can breathe there's no pressure you know right and kind of like those games where you, you're bowling so bad 
that you're eventually you're just out of it. And that last frame, that 10th frame, you strike out and you're like, well, geez, it's so much easy when right. it doesn't pass. Exactly, yeah. It was not that it didn't matter, but that same mentality of, I almost don't need to bowl anymore because I just, I know that feeling is the, you know? Right, there's a difference between I haven't shut him out yet and, you know, it would take a nuclear disaster for me to lose now. Exactly. And that's and, the, so you were, you were there after the double in, in third game. Yeah. And I, I don't mean it to sound arrogant or cocky in, in any way, shape or form. It's just the way that I had been feeling that day, the ball I was throwing, I just, you just get that feeling. You're like, this is mine. Yeah. No, if it helps you at all, I certainly don't interpret it that way. I, I know exactly what you mean in that that is the, cause that's part of it, right? We, um, the only difference between confident and cocky is how much the other person trusts you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I totally understand if I were in that situation, uh, I would hope that I would think exactly the same thing and say, mm -hmm. okay, now, you know, um, no, this isn't going to be one of those struggles where I limp to 190, 200 and hope it's enough. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm good now. Uh, yeah. the, the worst that's going to happen is that he'll have a ray of hope maybe towards Coming the end. Home. Yeah. But otherwise, and, I've got him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, no disrespect to Taylor at all. He no, is no, absolutely not. Uh, he is very, very capable of running out those last five, six frames that we had and, and making me work for it, but just trusting myself and knowing the ball I had been throwing was going to work. Right. And, and that feeling of, um, Anything can happen, but he's really going to have to take this from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for giving us a little, uh, 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 not a little, a uh, significant look inside, uh, inside the mind of Tyler Titkata out there in a high-pressure situation. Uh, I hope whoever listens to this has learned a little bit of something from it. I think I have. And... Um, and if anybody likes what they've heard here, then uh, please let us know. And maybe I will figure out uh, how and when to do this again. So thanks very much for taking the time to, uh, to talk to me, Tyler. Thank you. I love talking. <laughs>